Heaven high. Heaven high. Sorry we're a bit late, but John forgot how to make the internet work. Nick tried to murder his mum. And between those two things, we've abandoned you terribly last week, and we mm. apologise sincerely. Uh, it's episode 227 of Rum Doings. You can congratulate us for reaching the 227 milestone uh, at Rum Doings on Twitter, or you can email us. Remember email, remember email, remember email, remember email. The, the olden days. The olden days, the email, the teletext, and, and, and all the graphs. Uh, podcast at rumdoings.com. Marvellous. The topic so, today is... Yes. With the end of the Great British Break Off, what left for Brexit Britain? Okay. Uh, do you know I've never watched an episode, so I don't feel I don't feel what the rest of the country is feeling. I Should feel stop left out. Stop discussing the topic. I'm not discussing the topic. I'm not discussing the topic. R two, R two, R two. I'm not going to tell you what's left for Great Brexit Britain. It's also a trick question. Obviously, there's nothing left for Great Brexit Britain. Well, it was a rhetorical question, not a trick question. I think it was a trick. I think all rhetorical questions are tricks. <laughs> you you hate rhetoric, don't you? I do hate rhetoric. I think rhetoric should go back to where it came from, ancient so Greece. Retricia. The <gasps> that Greek island of Retricia. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I saw the video that you posted of Toby yesterday because you've got a new phone where you have to say, OK, Google. So he, so now if you want to instruct well, Toby, oh, you say, OK, oh, Toby. Oh, Andrew, I've had, an, I've had an OK Google phone for years, but yes, yes my, my Google Assistant is on my new phone. Yes. I, hope I was. We were just playing with it at dinner time, getting it to make animal noises for Toby and things, which it yes. does. Yep, good. And uh, and then Toby, I said, Toby was ignored me. So I said, OK, Toby. And he suddenly looked up at me. And so I started asking him questions. I hope you're paying your Google Assistant minimum wage. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I've, oh no, she wants to help, she heard me. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. It's alright, love, you can go back to sleep. Ask her what rum doings is. She'll just, she'll just do a Google search. Hang on, let me just turn her up a bit so the, so the listener can hear her. What do you want me to ask her? Say, what are rum doings, or what is rum doings? What is rum doings? Here's a result from search. Of course. She's linked us to our website. That's the most disappointing thing that anybody can ever do. I give said you on Twitter result. yesterday, is every, every time I feel like our relationship's going anywhere, she suddenly yeah. just gives me a search result. Yeah. So, so, so can we take this a bit further? Mm, let me just search for that on Google for you, shall well, I? Let's, let's see if we can get a bit more personal. What are you up to this morning? Darling, sweetheart, what are you up to this morning? Oh, she's gotten all confused. <laughs> the thing is, these... I know. I realise Toby's ever so slightly more intelligent, so they haven't quite managed to get to a two-year-old yet with this stuff. The problem is they've, they've overreached themselves, because for this stuff to work, it's no good... Now you really are bang, glum, glum, glum. For this stuff... Oh, stop moaning! You're hideous. For this stuff to work, it has to work perfectly. Yes. You can't have it be very clever... 80 or even 90% of the time and then act as if it's an amoeba. Oh my goodness, mm. uh, Siri is now just listening to me for some reason. It says, hey Siri, the 90% of the time and then activate centimeter. Have I got knit? Siri is now just listening to me for some reason. Hey Siri, the 90% of the time and then activate centimeter. Have I got knit? Siri, now just listen to me for some reason. Hey, I was getting recursive now, of course. <laughs> yeah. um, yesterday I had a great moment. I got uh, a call. Loud and clear. <sighs> 
I had a, a call a call saying I have a physio appointment coming up in November. Yeah. Um, and so I just I said to it, I said the magic passphrase, which I won't say because it'll confuse everything, and then said, "Make me, can you make an appointment for the ninth of ninth of November at three thirty for physio?" Like uh-huh. I just bumbled it like that. Yeah. And d- then it was there it was in my calendar. That felt actual magic. Yes. And That's then you, exciting. And then you say. One plus one equals, yes. <laughs> and it goes, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just erasing your phone now. Well, if I say, yeah, I can, t- there's some good stuff. Like, I do, can you pass a Turing test? Now, this is interesting. It does this every now and then. It just completely breaks and will take forever to record. It's not that interesting. But I don't know why it's doing that. I don't know if it's an internet problem or. It is. I don't mind if you can tell I'm not human. As long as I'm helpful, I'm all good. So there you go. She took a very long time to answer, which she seems to be a bug with it. Oh, dear. Well, that's no good moment. at all, is it? So let's try that question we had before. What are you doing this morning? I'm pretty much always learning new things. I'll share any time if you just ask for a fact. <laughs> ask for a fact. Ask, um... Can you tell okay. me a fact? Wikipedia says that bamboo can grow up to 36 inches in a day. There you go. Can you can you ask her, say, is Cliff Richard a pedo? Okay. Is Cliff Richard a pedophile? I can search the web for you. <laughs> she's, she's being coy. Yeah, quite. Tell yeah. us a joke. Here you go. What kind of music do bunnies like best? Hip-hop. Hip-hop, Nick. I quite like that. It's quite yeah. nice. It's she quite has nice. a quite cute joke. She's had a joke, what do you do if you get swallowed by an elephant? I don't know. I can't remember the punchline. Well, ask her, say, what do you do if you get swallowed <laughs> by an <laughs> elephant? I see what happened. Yeah. She will absolutely search the web. Yes. It won't work. We're in contempt, the contempt. What do you search. do if you get swallowed by an elephant? Here's an answer from Reddit. That's no good, is it? Really? Still, however, it says, the answer she gave before was run round and round until you were pooped out. You yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, still, so, so better than Siri. It's interesting that Siri hasn't really been substantially upgraded since Apple bought it. Oh, really? I've never had a Siri. There have been one or two additional features that like you can ask for a wider domain of things, but the actual comprehension and so on is is pretty pathetic, which makes me wonder what on earth they're up to because. For the first time since 2001, I think their income dropped. They are going to be the illustration for laurel resting, I think, to uh, future generations. Well, yesterday the big news was that smartwatches were completely crashed. Well, of course they had. Uh, Yes, of course they had. I mean... Silly idea. It is. Uh, Do you wear a watch? Of course not, because... uh, Yeah, of course not. You've got a pocket watch. It's called a phone. Yes. Yeah. And I don't even need to look at my phone. I just have to say, OK, Google. OK, Google. What time is it? The time is 8.06 a.m. There you go. See? Hey, Siri, what time is it? The time is 8.06. Oh, he he doesn't say a.m. He's very he... terse. And also there's a completely unnecessary beep beep, which says, I'm not your friend. I'm a robot. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> listen to this. Are you my friend? Why don't you work, you piece of crap? It's really odd to... It's recognising my voice. It's just not doing the thing I'm where it... friend till the end. There you go. Uh, not in a job obligation way. In a you're awesome kind of way. There you go, see? Well, what happens if I ask Siri this? And this is the last thing we're doing 
with regard to our assistance today because it's pathetic. Hey Siri, are you my friend? My friendship makes us fresh. Piss off. Whoa, that was creepy. Yes. I'm my assistant is my I'm friend till the end. <laughs> it's also quite creepy because she doesn't say when the end is, which is when which, which is when my contract runs out. <laughs> Which is when your phone contract runs out and I'd li- die. I'd like to talk about Lib Dems. Okay. Your, par- your party, the Liberal mm. Democrats. Firstly... Such a big fan of theirs the last five years. Firstly, I, I think we predicted, uh, and I know we predicted on this podcast, remember when Don Foster started oh, yes. acting like a lickspittle? Mm-hmm. And you said, obviously he's waiting yeah. for his lordship. Uh, what's, what's happened recently with him? That's barren Don Foster to you. <laughs> He's generally Baron Don Foster now. Oh, my goodness. He was, uh, in, for those of you who've joined us lately, he was John's Liberal Democrat MP who, like those aliens on V, pretended to be a liberal saviour and then pulled off his skin and you saw a scaly lizard eating a rat underneath it. That's right. Uh, and uh, what's happened is that after, I think, deploring the House of Lords... For Shall I get the quote up? Yeah, he's deplored the House of Lords for most of his career as a Liberal, of course, so he should. And uh, uh, I think almost once intimated that he wouldn't join it. But uh, he's changed his mind now, hasn't he, John? For for the good of humanity, of course. Let me read you his quote. Mm -hmm. Uh, He he said he will join the ludicrous and grubby House of Lords, (laughs) despite being opposed to an unelected second chamber. Right. Um... Mr. Foster, MP for Bath from 92 to 2015, told the BBC the process was absolute nonsense, but denied it was hypocritical to accept a life peerage along with a £300 a day allowance for days attended. I don't think we should have patronage deciding who the people who make our laws should be. I'm opposed to that. Of course, it's incredibly grubby. I also think it's ludicrous that we have a house that has 826 members. But, he added, I want to get rid of it, and the only way in the current system of getting rid of it is having people there who will do just that. It's not hypocrisy at all. No, no, no. Uh, and what does the BBC say in about the second last paragraph Mr. about the possibility of a vote? to get to vote on the issue in the near future. Hmm, quite. And also the House of Commons would have to vote as well. So it's, you know, it's not the only thing you could do, etc., etc. So Not in, in indeed you can campaign for the thing from the, without having anything to do with it. Of course you can. Yes, as... As he, he was until he decided to join the institution. You know what, John? Such a hypocrite. Oh, he's John, such a horrible person. John, I'm going to join the BNP. Are you? It's the only way, Nick. It's the, the only, only way, way. The only way. It's not hypocritical. I'm going to join the BNP. Well, in your case, it's not hypocritical either, is it? <laughs> no. No. Uh, it, and you never know, they might start an anti-Chinese chapter and then you can join too. I... Oh, I've given up. I've explained this so many times. I'm so apologise to our Chinese listener yes. for Nick's, Nick's disgusting rhetoric, frankly, rhetoric. Yes. So you you were also tweeting about Liberal Democrats yesterday and how they are... So people people have forgotten. People saying, oh, they're the saviors. They're the way out of this. If you have a problem with Corbyn and and May, then why don't you support the Liberal Democrats? What? <laughs> what? Five years. It was only five years. I normally credit people with a ten-year memory, but apparently we have to slash that to half now. Except it wasn't five years because when did Clegg actually leave? I mean, he was being naughty right till the end. So it wasn't five years. Are we talking two years? Well. I suppose so, yes. So, in fact, 
as soon as somebody disappears off the scene. In fact, probably... Uh, 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 well, the, the, since May, he went in May, didn't he? So. Yeah, I bet you the day after, basically the day after he resigned, the retconners came in. So people then came out and said, oh, but the Lib Dems held the Tories to account. They stopped yeah, them being as evil right. as they wanted to. And you kind of asked for one concrete example of that. Uh, and a gentleman who was being very supercilious um, refused to and then obviously did some... Did, he said he didn't want an argument. <laughs> yeah. obviously did, evidence. I don't want an argument. Uh, and did some Google searches and came up with one ridiculous article where not one of the points actually indicated any concrete effect by the Liberal Democrats whatsoever. It was a particularly lazy piece on Indies 100 site. Yeah. Uh, and said, pick just one. And I said, okay, well, I'll pick, <laughs> I'll pick the one where it illustrates that it was Tory backbenchers who stopped that particular thing. How about that one? <sighs> it's, 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 and it's, it's just such a redundant argument as well, because I said it's a bit like someone, the person who stole my car only crashed it a bit. It's, they still, Someone else said, well, you know, if you get offered to put, put an apple, it turns out to be poison, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, you don't, you don't, that, none of this is what happened. We voted, I voted Liberal Democrat, as I had done all my life, in order yeah. to get rid of the Conservative and the Labour governments. But you knew that wasn't going to happen. Well, that no, you're forgetting. 2010 was a very strange year. It was looking very like Liberal Democrats were coming up to a third. Yes, they were looking incredibly strong to the point where there were some predictions that they could even form a minority government. So it was that was the situation in 2010. Um, So it suddenly felt very, very different. It it never had before, obviously. But um, yeah, and now there's all this bizarre apologetic saying, oh, it would have been completely wrong to form a Labour government because... The Conservatives said so in the newspapers. And- <laughs> yes, that, that was. And again, if you go back in time, you can listen to us discuss it here on this podcast where we said, don't listen to it. If you do the maths and you had the will to do it, you could do it. And you could have. It's there. We were around at the time. Yeah. You know, we're on the record. We were right and they were wrong. As usual. We should just be told to run the world, actually. Gosh, we've never been wrong about anything. No, we haven't. Never. Yeah. Which is a bit spooky when you think about it. Well, I don't know. We're pretty smart, clever chaps. Yes. How's how's Lucy? I haven't asked after her for a while. Is her tail still hideous? Well, it's not hideous. It's it's just short. And therefore hideous. Uh, you hate difference, don't you? Yes. Is But, I mean, is she still as bad a cat as you no, said you? No, I, I don't have the... It's such a boring topic, but she has just in the last few weeks started sitting on our laps and changing her personality quite dramatically. Okay, well there you go. My yeah. my my colleague Jake says that Brexit won't happen. <laughs> he yeah, says it's that like an old dream. He says that every time that Theresa May says Brexit means Brexit, he's becoming more sure that it's not going to happen. Uh, he says it, it won't, it can't, and it's not going to. So I'll recall that here, just in case he's been perspicacious. He says that he says you mark my words, it's not going to happen. I Are just you? don't see... That's the other thing people are saying. Oh, if you vote for Liberal Democrats, they're the only people who will stop Brexit from happening. I just don't see how you can stop it from happening. Yeah, how do you stop it from happening? Because we are explicitly not going to obey the will the will of Parliament. If we obey the will of Parliament, then it wouldn't happen. Yeah. But we suddenly don't believe in parliamentary sovereignty that we wanted to get our country <laughs> back for. Um, so, yeah, so, so we are not going to get... Uh, so we we're not going to get a chance to stop it, or at least stop it in its most egregious form. And 
it does seem a little odd that in March we're going to set something off from which there is no escape. Because mm. we've had a long phony war and we're kind of getting used to the bathwater. But I think there's going to be a renewed sudden shock when she signs it off in March. And I predict that all those things that people were worried about that didn't quite happen in the economy will begin to happen after that. You know, there, there are a lot of um, supercilious people who are going, oh, you see, you we're said, no, fine. You have to say another word. You can't say supercilious again. No, it's my word of the day. Mm. Uh, and and so uh, I think that's going to happen in March. So we'll, I've, I've laid my cards down here. So if a Brexiteer says to me, no, it's not going to happen, it, it, it says, okay, it's March and it hasn't happened, I will admit it. Uh, I'll give it till March, April, May. By May, we'll know. I disagree. I don't think so. I think she'll initiate it and then there'll be a wobble in the markets and then she'll stabilise again because, again, nothing will have changed. Right. Everyone will again say, ha-ha, you see, it's all fine, until we actually do leave the trade agreements and so on and then everything... And we... And, of course, David Davis, amazingly brilliant negotiator that he is, hasn't managed magically to negotiate the most complicated set of uh, negotiations the universe has ever seen. (laughs) It's weird, that, isn't it? He said it would be easy. He did say, he said it would be really easy. Oh. Uh, uh, B- Boris says he's going to lie down, lie before the bulldozers before he allows, um, uh, before he allows the Heathrow. Uh, I was just about to, to say, be... I was just about to say, nothing fascinates me more or occupies my day more than how many runways there are at an airport. I just, it's such a crucial and important topic. I'm so glad it is still dominating the news cycle. It, it is crucial and important in as much as how pathetic this country is. Oh. That it has made it so crucial and important. A proper country that had a future would have built three more runways at Heathrow ten years ago and nobody would have even known about it. Uh, And at Gatwick. And we'd have uh, a high speed too. And except for one or two people whinging about their cottages, it wouldn't even be a news event. It would be uh, on page seven, there'd be a picture of the Queen cutting a ribbon. That would be it. Isn't it fantastic? Great, better, much more business in and out yeah. of the country, blah, 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 yes. Yeah. Uh, we're, we are talking about, let us remind ourselves, about a slab of tarmac on some land. <laughs> yes. That oh, is what we're talking about. It's going to people's houses. Yeah, because, uh, uh, because nobody around there is used to having aeroplanes flying also- over their houses. There's no uh, previous example of an airport expanding. So people who bought houses nearby them had no way of predicting this could happen. No, and the fact that their houses were probably a bit cheaper because of that is not to be discussed. It's disgraceful. Uh, According to the front page of the Times, Uh Heathrow runway may be built over motorway. I'm suspicious that's not going to be the case. Well, it might be built under the the motorway and the motorway will will then be rerouted through a tunnel. No, no, elevated airstrip would be high as houses. Incorrect. To the Times. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> How dare you suggest the Times would lie about this? It's just not going to happen, so that's the end of the matter. <laughs> it's going to go in a big bridge over the, M- <laughs> over the M25 and cause gridlock. According to the little BBC summary, it says the, the Heathrow runway could be built above Britain's busiest motorway, the M25, which the paper says could lead to gridlocked roads and a 35 billion pound bill for the taxpayer 
It could also lead to marshmallows falling out of the sky and creating rainbow puddles. <laughs> Imagine rainbow puddles are the most likely outcome. The word could is such know, a, an effective little worker there. <laughs> it's just really struggling, Harry. Got an awful lot of weight on its back. It's yes. Little could there, isn't it? Run- runways. It's, it's, it's real- so silly and everyone's so cross. Oh, the environmental damage will be so dramatic. Because no, it won't. Be- Another no, it won't. No, it's not going to be. If, uh, if really, we've got a lot more important things to worry about. Actually, I would like something. I would like uh, our our scientific listener to mm. get back to me about this particular problem about environmental damage, and that is uh, climate change, uh, which implicitly requires that we are warming up the atmosphere, is probably correct, and and the CO two would suggest that we are warming up the atmosphere inter alia. But what I want to know is why is that a big problem? Because we are in an interglacial and the interglacial is supposed to come to an end and we're supposed to plunge back into the main part of the ice age where we have mild, deep glaciers. So if we're counteracting that, is that a big problem for civilization? Are you not not conflating short term and long term there, though? Well, we are due the end of the interglacial. Yes, but that you're talking. So you, you only Jesus now. Only Jesus, Jesus knows how short term it is. Yes, but uh, that's... you know, up to well between zero and ten thousand years. Oh, surely we're talking hundreds of thousands. No, 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 no. The interglacial has only been ten thousand. I think the interglacial is only about ten thousand years. We're supposed to be out of it by now. It's okay, meant to be a blip. Or pretty much all of mo- all of modern civilization fit into that ten thousand year interglacial which is, should be coming to an end. When we look at the rhythm of the interglacials in Ice Age, uh, we're, we're, we're coming at the end of the blip in that rhythm now. So if we are lucky enough to have stumbled upon something that extends that or eliminates the um, uh, ending of that blip. Isn't that something to celebrate? Now, I don't know. I'd like our listener to tell us yes or no. Can't believe you're such a climate change denier. No, I'm I'm a climate change uh, celebrator. <laughs> I I just hope that those deniers are wrong, because that would be tragic. We'd plunge back into an ice age, and I don't want a mile long glacier above my house. That's true. That's that's what will happen. I'm not sure the foundations could support it. And what's going to happen with Wi-Fi reception? Did you see what's the? I can't remember the dude's name. The uh, the libertarian who's running for the U.S. President Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson. He I know everybody's that, names. Uh, climate change doesn't matter because of the heat death of the universe is coming. Uh, uh, you know, I agree with that. <laughs> no, I thought you'd be sympathetic with that. I am sympathetic because, uh, as Freddie Mercury said, nothing really matters to him. Nothing really matters to him. Oh, nothing really matters to Freddie Mercury, but to that's it. Me. Did you like um, Bohemian Rhapsody? So uh, had, the first time, first few times, yes. I had a, uh, a, a a teacher at school who really detested it. It was the most overwritten, overblown, awful song that he. Oh, when I, when I first heard it as a teenager, it was very exciting and silly and, and yeah. bombastic, and yeah, there was lots to take from it. Now it's just become a, a long, tiresome cliche. Hmm. Talking of long, tiresome cliches, yes. have, you, have you done any of your provincial Brexity day trips? Uh, the bus one was the last one I knew of. Uh, we've done a few. Go on then, give me the most Brexity thing you've done in the last oh, we couple of weeks. Any, nothing in nearly as Brexity as that, I'm afraid. Oh. Where did we go at the weekend? We went somewhere. I've, I've completely forgotten everything that's ever happened to me. <laughs> Hello, who are you? Hi, how are you? I'm a blank slate this morning. Hmm. 
you did say that you had things you wished to tell me and then you forgot them all. Mm. Oh, that's because I was cross because you were never on IM and I had things to tell you every day and then I forget them by lunchtime. You're very senile. Mm, very, very senile. Mm. I'm going to be 39 tomorrow. Like Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> Is he 39 tomorrow? Yes, Jeremy Corbyn's 39 tomorrow. Did you like the way Jeremy Corbyn reacted to the anti-Semitism report that Parliament uh, uh, brought out rather than rather than his mate Chakrabarti? I thought it was a very balanced Graceful. and reasonable response. Yes. Very conciliatory. Yeah. That really scared me. It really... That was the thing that chilled me the most. The The fact that... I think you could... Well, I could probably argue the fact that he hangs out with virulent anti-Semites and Holocaust deniers is perhaps more chilling. But for mm-hmm. some reason, it was this. It was this... A, a really detailed report demonstrating a real significant problem. And his response was to go, no, no, well, yes, not he, fair. Well, that was the interesting thing. It wasn't anecdotal. It was very, very specific examples, you know, date stamped, corroborated examples of what had happened and how it had been ignored. And his reaction was that same tetchy listlessness that we've come to expect from him. Mm. And I think that's the worst part of Corbyn in that you look, deeper and you see something that's that has some either being generous has some sort of social disorder or is full right sociopath in in certain senses because he just cannot uh look into his soul and see that there is a problem here in the same way that he could for other issues with his with with whatever particular minority he's chosen to patronize Mm. and that's imagine if he said um, I take the findings of this report very seriously. Obviously, I'm strongly mm. against uh, yeah. anti-Semitism within the Labour Party. However, clearly not enough is being done. Yes. Um, and I there's, seek to root this out at every available Something community. like that. Yeah, it's such like, an there, easy thing to say without contributing to anything. Say so there is a problem with here and the problem exists in some of my supporters and anybody no, who calls... No, have to say that. That's, no, no, he I'm should because he should say... to go that far. No, I would. I say any my of my supporters who would do... to say, oh, they picked on us. It's not fair. Miss, miss, he's picking on me. But he always does that. He always does that. Yeah. Uh, you, you saw on that, I don't know if you watched that. Did you watch that uh, documentary mm. of him where he's in the back of the car yes. and going on about how Jonathan Friedland is evil? I mean, he's always doing that. He's got that weird, tetchy, solipsistic, conspiratorial mindset where any criticism of the of the great leader is part of some grand conspiracy and should be uh, repudiated. Also, his constant inability to say anti-Semitism without suffixing with and other forms of racism is like uh and not all it is it is not all lie all lives matter all, thing i was i was gonna i keep meaning to make the joke that hashtag all racism matters yes and that's what it is because he he can't bear to discuss the specifics because there is a specific problem and he can't bear to discuss it uh, talking of specifics um uh judith at school said to ask one of her friends um can uh, whether she they could have a play date or and whether she could come to her party, and the and the girl at school said, "No, my my mummy and daddy says I can't go to Jewish people's parties." Goodness me! Yes, yeah, so, and of course Judith was quite um, she she was she was quite puzzled because of course she's not really she's doesn't realise, no, yeah, and she doesn't realise that people hate part of her. Yeah, 
And so I said, oh dear, it's you, and so um, how, do, how do you bring it up? So I said, oh, that seems a bit silly. I wonder why she said that. Was this a Muslim girl? I don't know. I don't. I don't know whether she is or isn't. I mean, she is from the from 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 the Indian subcontinent, but whether she is or isn't, I don't know. And where where she's got it from, who knows? Isn't that awful? Well, I imagine it'll be some family relative, I guess. So how uh, do they even know? I mean, she's a a white blonde kid. Yeah, I blame the school. In fact, her mother is distinctly not Jewish, so she's in no sense Jewish anyway. No. But I blame the school. Yeah. Yes. What would because, they just? Have they? No, because because they constantly uh, throwing dreidels at her. No, they did at uh, at um at at Hanukkah. They said they said all oh, Jewish Jewish kids will come to the front of the hall and light the uh, Hanukkah, oh, the menorah, right. and they didn't had photos taken them for the for the um for for the school newsletter, which was fine. So and it's an gen- multiculturalism. Which which is fine and and it hasn't caused any issues, but this is okay. the first time where it's uh, clearly been some notion of an issue. So I don't know really whether we speak to the parents. Apparently, Victoria says the parents don't speak English very well, so it's going to be tough. But uh, I, th- I think we should probably confront it really and just say, look, if you're training your daughter to say this, bear in mind that we know she's saying it. You know, don't think it's just going to slip by. Also, Tacitly. are there like massive synagogues just around the corner from this school? <laughs> yes, these people are going to have a lot of problems in their life if this is how they're going to go for it. Oh no, because they can segregate themselves, etc. <sighs> that's really sad. That's really weird. Like Laura, Laura and I were talking the other day, and Laura was saying the same thing I've said to you in the past, which was she grew up without ever experiencing anti-Judaism or anti-Jewishness. There was well, no... that's but isn't that because she basically didn't have the opportunity? And that's probably it. Yeah, there was never. She never heard memes like, and I did because I'm six years older than her, so I did yeah. hear memes on television like yeah. Jewish people are tight with money. That was a. I remember the Ronnie Corbett sketch. Yes, well, there you go. Exactly. So it would have been. I, I can't. I can only imagine it would have been on all sorts of sketch comedy. I would have watched in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just. It was just. It was just prevalent. It was. It was there. Like Irish people are stupid and Jewish yeah. people are tight. Yes. Um. Was just but tight in a different way to Scottish people or or um. Scottish people th- were tight because they were poor and Jewish people were tight because they were rich. I think that's how the jokes broke down. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so I experienced that, but that was it. And I didn't really know what a Jewish person was when I was encountering these jokes. So it didn't really form anything in my brain or inf- inform me of anything. Whereas Laura mm. didn't even encounter that. Six years later, that was gone from the public consciousness and um, in terms of being acceptable on mainstream television. So she never encountered it. And so she's so confused that it's there that it's real it's because she mm. never saw it yes um, well i'm confused that it's real well yes and, and because and so i have to i have to tell you if there were some grand conspiracy to which i could be a party i would love it and i'd be a bit disappointed you can imagine i could as i was saying earlier on today i, I think it's apposite that i be allowed to control the world and the fact that i can't annoys <laughs> me int- annoys me intensely so you know where is my where's my invitation I'd convert if it gave me that sort of access. Yes. Well, maybe you just you just say, well, I, 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 I'm the sort of I, I'm I'm a sort of grandson of the religion, so allow me in anyway. Yes, I think I should be literally be grandfathered into the Abrahamic <laughs> religion. Yes. yes. So let me into the secret cabal. I want to decide what <laughs> the banks. You could argue, in fact, that as a Christian, I'm, I yeah. encompass all of Judaism. And it's like Judaism plus. I think didn't I, I think somebody made that. I think. Um, 
What's her name? The 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 person who looked like a transsexual with blonde hair and is very conservative. Anne Coulter. Yeah, yeah Anne Coulter. It's I think so she awful. called. I knew you were talking about. I think she. I think she said Judaism plus. I think she actually right. you, using an Anne Coulterism. Well done, you. Thank you. Well, I've always been particularly confused by Christian anti-Semites. Like, you, you're sort of really missing the point of your own faith here. Well, the, they well, the, it's replacement theology as opposed to continuation theology. Replacement theology says we completely replace and repudiate and reject, etc. But there just isn't room for that if you read if you well, read the New Testament. You can't do that. There's nothing that Jesus says out loud that isn't based on the the, well, the, the Talmud scriptures. There's no way around that. Well, he, he uh, says, he I come, he he said, I think he said explicitly, I come not to replace the law, I come to uphold it or something yeah, like yeah. that. You know, there is and clearly... There a couple of things he overturns. He says, I've and I is done. We've done that, that time's over because of me. So there's things that he says in the Old Testament are fulfilled by his existence. But there's nothing he denies and there's nothing that he says. So the idea that you could uh, suggest... Well, also, also, yeah. It's madness. And also the idea that, um, that... God will have suddenly broken his promise mm. is also very troubling if you are a Bible believing Christian, because yeah. if you say uh, God had an, what he called an eternal covenant, which he then broke the contract on is yes. doesn't make liturgical sense. If you're talking about an omniscient, omnipotent God who is honorable. Well, the good thing is that all uh, anti-Semitic Christians will listen to this now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah! All oh, right. Yeah. Yes, because that's how these things work. <laughs> yes, but uh, you know that um, uh, talk talking about uh, sort of irrationality, and we were going back to Brexit. You know, um, my friend on Twitter, who's my my pet liberal Brexiteer, mm-hmm. um, he's going on about how he's gotten a lot more business in the last few weeks, so therefore Brexit's time. <laughs> It's just amazing how we allow that sort of confirmation bias to um, (laughs) to make our points for us. I wonder. I do wonder. I actually asked him. I said, "Look, you need to do a blog post. You need to do something to explain what your position actually was, because you've been very coy and sort of arch and slightly defensive in enunciating." what he'd hoped for i said you know you need to lay your cards on the line you need to have some sort of falsifiability so lay you need to also say on the line that was good i enjoyed yeah that. lay your cards on the line so they <laughs> wobble a bit you've got to balance them carefully yes. uh, and so and there's got to be falsifiability so you've got to say if this and this and this doesn't happen then i will have been incorrect in my choice not done that and i, I the most i've got is something like well the eu's going to fall apart anyway so we might as well get out early but I don't really understand that because if it falls apart, it falls apart and it's not like we'll be immune from that anyway. Yeah. So at I, 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 I most I think, well, why didn't you make this decision closer to when we needed to? Why make it now? Because it's a one-off decision. So why not make it when you know that you're in some trouble and you, you want to, we, we could have signed article 50 within a day of deciding to, why, Jeremy why Corbyn do it? wanted to. Yes. So why do it? Why, why do it now? And, no liberal Brexiteer has ever given me an answer to that. Uh, I just wonder if, again, if anybody who's, who's a listener can do that, I'd, I'd be grateful. So as well as explaining why you want the return of glaciation, if you can tell me why you want to do exit the EU at this moment, I, I'd, be, I'd be grateful. So I have an even more specific example of this, this sort of thing. So I, uh, when um, my, my personal hero died a couple of days ago, the wonderful... The mighty Jack Chick. 
Yes. <laughs> Explain to the listener who Jack Chick are. <laughs> Jack Chick are a man what uh, commissioned artists to draw comic strips, which he would write. <laughs> Christian comic strips. Um, Christian comic strips that would explain how everyone but him was going to hell. Yes. As far as I can tell. So it was a, they were yes. tracts, which are a thing that I, I've never encountered in my real life, but apparently, I know, I know people in Britain who have, where you go mm. and hand these little booklets out to people in the street and they read them and, and suddenly fall to their knees and give their lives to Jesus. <laughs> because of a badly drawn uh, yes, <laughs> polemic. Strip threatening Muslims because they believe in a moon god, as Jack Chick yes. liked to incessantly say. Um, or if you or... most famous for the strip in which he said that Dungeons and Dragons was the occult and yes. everyone into witchcraft and everyone would die if they played it yes yes um, i remember so that one i encountered that first when i was 21 that strip and i showed it to my the the, the vicar i worked for at the time um who yes. met his wife at the D club at university <laughs> well i hope he then fell to his immediately and... divorced and killed all five of his children good um good. yes uh so it's chick has been, it was been around for a very very long time and it was yes. a very cruel and angry man yes um, who made my life more difficult as a christian i would be mocked especially back on the Bemley days because of him and to ask to, to deny or justify his existence. Um, so, you know, he's, he made life, he made, he, he upset lots of people and made life difficult for lots of people. So anyway, so I tweeted saying, Oh, please can someone talented draw the comic of Jack Chick getting turned away at the gates of heaven for being a hate monger. Yes. To which almighty God himself replied on uh-huh. Twitter saying, sorry, this wasn't drawn by someone talented and gave me a couple of examples. Mm hmm. Um, so I retweeted that. Someone called Melanie, mm-hmm. who, who does not follow me, mm-hmm. at Mel28m, <laughs> said, What's wrong with you? He was a great man, and this account makes fun of God. Which account makes fun of God? Oh, the Almighty, Almighty God. God. <laughs> you should have said to Mel, um, how dare you blaspheme Almighty God on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and so I said... I said to her, oh dear, I hate Twitter so much because it just can't show all the hmm. replies, can it? I said he Twi- was, I replied to her saying he was a cruel and brutal man who spread fear and hate, ignoring and then listed Matthew 7, 1 to 2, Romans 14, 10, 1 Corinthians 4, to 5, 4 and 5, sorry, 4 hmm. Corinthians 4, 5, uh, James 4, 11 to 12, Titus 3, 10 and Matthew 5, 22. There's a bunch of examples of yeah. like, do not judge quotes. Yes, yes. Um, and which she wittily responded to by saying, um, I said, and on and on and on. He made a laughing stock of Christians, showed no understanding of grace in his tracks and only condemnation. She said, he just put the hard truth in his comics. And I think you forget, you forgot at the end of his comics, he always talked about salvation. Yeah, he did. He had that strange little panel where effectively it was almost the call to action where you say, just snip, snip this out, say that you believe in Jesus and... I read this read this yeah. out here and then send it to me or something it was almost like a very strange kind of pat response okay you're you've seen this very cruel nasty vengeful god who's destroyed everybody in this comic by allowing satan to do it and they played um dungeons and dragons and all their friends and family are going to be tortured to forever now fall on your knees and and beg mm-hmm. and that's how that's how the comic strip ended so I said to her, so you're just going to ignore every single verse I linked? All the best with that. And she said, Jack Chick wasn't judging anyone. He was telling people the hard truth so they could be saved. So mm. There you go. Um, so yes, even like, I imagine she's probably not a fan, a fan of Jewish people. I don't know. Maybe No, but the thing is, if, if, if she the actually... The writer actually very pro-Israel, aren't they? So. Yeah. Well, that's, it's, it's interesting. That's, there, there's beginning to be a change. 
Um, the reason they're pro is that they believe they believe that it needs to exist in order to fulfill prophecy. Right. Um, and the reason that it needs to exist in order to fulfill prophecy is they believe that there need to be Jews back there again who can then be uh, destroyed by the coming of some grand army or whatever. And oh. then finally, and then finally, <laughs> Jesus will come and sort things out. So oh. we're meant to be. We're, they, they believe in Israel as part of a plot device. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh. So well. that's what they're, they're not that uh, useful an ally. Um, the. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting if you look up the theology. There, it's, it's quite bonkers. Um, so, coming back to Jeremy Corbyn and how yeah. effective he's been as an opposition leader. Uh, he disappeared for quite a while during the late summer when May was doing all of her crazy stuff. I haven't looked at him recently on Question Time. Have you? And has he stopped doing the stupid uh, oh, Bill from Margate? Don't say time. He says he's the one who says Prime Minister. I know. Time. I know. Like, he's not That's because he says it. Years. I'm not. An, I'm not an idiot. Parking meters. I know. <laughs> but he's. Uh, I don't know. I haven't. No, I haven't watched because there's only been one, hasn't there? Yes. Um, yeah, so it's today, isn't it? It's lunchtime. Maybe I'll tune in at lunchtime. Yeah, let's see if he still does Bill from Margate's question about the unions. Oh, he will, though, won't he? And I'll just... Another little piece of my soul will wither and die. <laughs> does the Prime Minister not agree with Bill from Margate that austerity has caused problems with bedrooms? Oh, it's and so- then... And it's then so May- de- deceitful as well. It's as if, yeah. as if he's like, oh, I've just picked this out of a hat. No, yeah. you just picked the three topics you wanted to ask about and then just found the question that yeah. matches it. It's not even, uh, it's not even sincere. It just, you're just making your asking the question sound incredibly childish. And then May will do her Thatcher tribute act. Oh, she's, she's a brrrr-inducing person, isn't she? <laughs> she is excruciatingly popular i've looked at the latest mm. polls um and as dan whatever his name says he says uh, continuing her post um uh, her post conference free fall she's i think with 18 points between between or something 14 to 18 points between labor and the conservatives at the moment dan hodges is an odd one isn't he He's a mishmash, isn't he? He is a real mishmash because he sometimes he's, he's t- his articles in the daily in the Mail on Sunday are dreadful. Yes, um, they're hyperbolic, absolute rubbish as you'd expect. But his mm. tweets, fifty percent of them are really good, and the other fifty percent are completely mad, and it's really strange. Yeah. He, he yes. he's tweeting about how um, it's impossible for mi- migrants to be teenagers if they've got facial hair. What? Mm. <laughs> Well, I was more worried about... No, I, I also, I want to stop this nonsense now. Yes, please. Uh, I, 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 I happened to, to, to know something of the way people um, claim asylum and yeah. the benefits of claiming that you're a kid when you're not and you've lost your passport and so on. And it gives you certain rights and abilities. It is a well-known piece of advice that you lose your passport and then you claim you're uh, under the age of 17, which gives you certain rights that you otherwise wouldn't have. It's common. It's done frequently. It's it's It's... it's pretty much the way you get in so i i don't like the disingenuity of the other side saying of course they're children no many of those will be in their 20s uh, and that's and that's the way many ma- i would say most i would say most because that's that's the way that that's the way it's worked i don't mind i would do the same thing 
if I were in their position, and they're, 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 they're using a logical loophole. But for other people to pretend that they're all um, cuddly little orphans, three-year-old orphans, is, is also disingenuous. No, most of them won't be. Most of those people won't be children. I think we probably just need to stop discussing whether they are children or not and just discuss whether there, there is a right for them to come to this country, and if not, why not? And if, is it right that we leave them in France? And if so, why so? So I think it's I think uh, discussing their childish nature one way or the other isn't particularly interesting to me uh, because what we have here is some people who have fled uh, are most most of those people are there for economic reasons and we also need to grow up and admit to that we say okay these are mostly economic migrants that's why they're mostly young men and there are very few women and children uh, and very few girls and then when you say is this a problem are we scared of this. If so, why? I personally wouldn't be. I'd say, okay, that's an interesting, probably uh, now that we're shutting the doors to the polls, it's probably going to be some useful people who are going to probably work quite hard. The fact that they've made it to uh, Britain's borders show they have a certain perspicacity. Let's give them a go uh, and see what happens. So I think that's a much more interesting and uh, pragmatic way of discussing these things rather than going, ooh, boo-hoo, they're angels. Oh, boo-hoo, they're evil devils. Ooh, boo-hoo, they're angels. I I find that pathetic. and also, it's sort of, yes, the, the idea that we don't just say, well, they're people in desperate need of help. Who cares? Also, I think, no, but also I say it's interesting that these people don't want to be in France. They want to be in Britain. And that's quite an, an interesting testament either to Britain as it really is or the Britain of their imagination. And we should use that. We should use that of the fact that they think that this place is so wonderful that you'd work damn hard to get here and you you have the whole of europe at uh that, that you can that, that at your at, at your feet and you choose to walk to britain very interesting that mm-hmm. I, 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 and i wonder whether that's going to change over the next 10 years yeah. i want i wonder whether we're going to get to the point where we look back at the world desperate to enter our island with some sort of uh, nostalgia you remember those days where people actually begged to come into this place? I think to finish, I need to tell you that Phil Collins and Paul McCartney don't look like they're going to be becoming best buds anytime soon. Why is that? Collins has admitted recently in an interview that he felt McCartney treated him condescendingly when he once oh, I read asked that. him for an autograph in a Beatles book. I read that. Uh, I, I read that, actually. It was in the Sunday Times magazine. And he said, Paul McCartney said, Ooh, look at little Phil. He's a Beatles fan or something like that. <laughs> now and Collins like, has told Billboard that Sir Paul had been in touch via email. But if you want all the goss, says the BBC, we're afraid he wouldn't reveal exactly what he said. Quote, he's been in touch about it because he was upset, Collins said. I certainly didn't get any flowers from him. I got more of a, let's just get on with our lives. And I'm sorry he's upset and that I kind of said something nasty about him. Mm. Well, it wasn't really nasty. If people don't tell people that sometimes their attitude could be a bit better, then you're not going to get any better, you know. Ah, oh, he's yeah. a lyrical genius, isn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Collins. Oh, it's on the Times, so I can't read the interview. Stupid, the Times. Man, my mother got it on a piece of paper. Ugh. Remember paper? It's, that's the, the flappy stuff that you use to clean up messes, right? And sometimes you've got images of the internet on the bit of the dead tree, yes. Hmm. Novel. 
It is. At least it worked, unlike your internet last week. That's all true. fixed now, is it? Huh? All fixed yeah, now? Yeah, there's a broken router. All routers are always pretty much broken. This is true. B, is it B internet? Oh, wish. Oh my goodness, I miss B. Who are they? B and now Sky. Oh. Sky bought B and made all these silly promises that they weren't going to change it and then changed it all. I didn't, I mean, I left on principle as soon as it became, before it became Sky. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, B was amazing. What a fantastic internet service provider they were for while and, they lived. And who are they, who, whom have you now? Uh, we're with Plusnet, who are pure evil. But Plusnet, even the name just sounds tired. It's BT's pretend alternate, so it's BT running a, a, a shadow, a fake a fake company. Someone once described it to me as BT with a, smi- a fake smiley mask. Oh, yeah, you said, yes, so it's, 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 it's innocent smoothie BT. Exactly. Um, and they have, and they they constantly gone about how they win awards for their customer service. I can only assume they are very unpleasant awards. Hmm. Um, they have an average of an hour wait on their thing. It's not, I've learned that it's when you phone up the tech support, they, whatever time they tell you, add 15 minutes to it. So if they say half an hour, it will be 45 and 45 would be an hour. Yes. Um, and then very often it will just hang up on you after you've waited for 35 minutes, <laughs> which is something really special. Oh, uh, it sounds very good. I, I want to join them. Uh, I want to join yes. the club. And, and all their whole, they have their hold music is three clips of tunes Mm-hmm. incessantly interrupted by that man off the adverts going, oh, sorry, we had a bit Know what position you are in the queue, know how much longer you're going to have to wait, just the same no- nothing <laughs> interruption. And then every now and then the music, these three aimless tunes uh-huh. go like this. They go... And just bursts of insane static in your ear. Excellent. Um, so yeah, that's really fun. And then you get through to someone who is literally just reading off a screen and doesn't understand anything that you're talking to them about. Uh, do they ask you to restart your router? Yes, they do. And you say to really? them, I've already done that. I've already restarted the router. I've already done this. In fact, I talked to your colleague last week and he said he was going to send out a new router and that hasn't happened two weeks ago. And, that, and it was meant to arrive in three days. It hasn't happened. Oh yeah, I can see he put the order in, but he didn't send it through. <laughs> what? I said, what What's that? Oh, well, he he made the order, but he didn't send it through. I said, but that's not a thing. You don't, what, he told me that it was all done and it would be with me in three to five working days. Oh, yeah, well, so, I'm, yeah, but he didn't do that. Not, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. This is awful. Well, and yeah. then, and then, and then, oh, we'll send one out to you by uh, priority post. It'll be with you first yeah. thing tomorrow. No, she says, okay, well, I've put it through now. It'll be with you three to five working days. <laughs> Bizarrely, it did turn up the next day, which is very confusing. But and it wasn't sent special. But they, it wasn't sent special delivery. I think I just got lucky. But yeah. this is habitual. When we moved house, they said and, and upgraded to the new uh, thing. They sent our router to the wrong address, and then lied about sending a new one to the new address. When my mum moved house, she ended up with Plusnet for some reason, and they lied to her about sending her a router, and nothing ever arrived. Hmm. So it, it seems to be routine that they lie about doing this. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. And you should leave. You should reward them. I am. I'm rewarding them by leaving. moving to Richard at the end, uh, end of, middle of next month. Will you be coming to Judith's birthday party no. this weekend? No, I won't. What? Why not? Because it's Toby's birthday party. Why is it Toby's birthday? Toby's party? birthday party on Monday. When was he born? Thirty first of October. Why are all our babies born around the same time? Be- Jessica was born on the twenty eighth. Uh, Toby on the thirty. 30- 
31st of October yeah. and Judith on the 1st of November. What the hell is this nonsense? I think it's fairly obvious, Nick. What? What, what time of year do we have our annual orgy? Oh, of course. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Can't do simple math. I know. <laughs> right, go away. It's been far too long. I've got to do some work. Okay, do your work. Bye-bye. Bye.